This episode is brought to you by The Route. Have you heard about The Route Beauty? It's a clean, medical-grade skincare brand founded by a nurse and her best friend. Both are beauty industry experts and working moms in their 50s who wanted to address all the reason the skin ages in as few products as possible. All formulas are designed to work in harmony with your skin's circadian rhythm and are backed by science, road-tested by experts, and proven to work. The route works its magic by using award-winning, clinically proven ingredients that deliver transformative results. I love the entire line, but their Instagram famous party peel is one of my favorites. It's an invisible oxygenating peel, meaning it won't actually make you peel, that bubbles on contact so you can literally watch the ingredients work their magic to give you smooth, glowing, party-ready skin, and it's gold. Speaking of gold, the golden rule is also a game changer. It's a next generation retinoid gentle enough to be used every day. Retinoids are one of the best ways to teach your skin how to act young again, but they can make your skin super sensitive. In fact, some people can't tolerate them at all. That's why the golden rule is the perfect solution. And we love it. I could go on, but why don't you check out the line and let us know what you think? They are offering 25% off just for our amazing listeners. So head on over to the routebeauty.com and enter courageous 25 at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Welcome to courageous wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French, and this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. We are very excited for this conversation because we are welcoming back one of our favorite, favorite, I feel like favorite, I'm going to say it again, people in the wellness space, the untamed herbalist, Amrit Sadna Boyd. And she is just the real deal when it comes to the work she does in the wellness space. And um, if you aren't already familiar with her, we are so excited to introduce you to her. And we are very excited for you to go follow her because her content is just truly wonderful. And it's so great to find people you really just love in this world and in this space. So we're very excited about that. But before we get to the episode, we're going to do our weekly updates. And to be honest, my update is all about 
coffee this week, mm. including, um, including Amrit Sadna's beauty nectar. I've actually been using her beauty nectar, which we'll talk about, um, kind of at the end of the episode. So go check it out. But I have been using her beauty nectar potion of delicious herbs in my coffee almost every morning. And I love it. It's just such a luxurious, delicious, knowing I'm doing something good for me, part of my routine every day now. And it tastes so good. And I just love it. So I've been using her beauty nectar every day. And then when I'm not using her beauty nectar and I've been going to local coffee shops, I've been really enjoying, um, and I wanted to shout them out for any of our local LA, local Santa Monica listeners. Um, but I know they also have locations in Texas. It's the La La Land Kind Cafe. And it's actually a really cool organic cafe that has like really tasty lattes. My favorite is the lavender bloom matcha Mm -hmm. or the lavender bloom latte. It's so good. And, um, my husband loves their lattes as well, but it's a organic cafe with the purpose of hiring and supporting foster youth. So their mission is really to support like the foster youth and, um, the foster community. And I think really prevent homelessness. I I think like I was reading, um, when I was at their store that are at their cafe that they really have, um, I guess foster youth are the most likely demographic to also become homeless or there's some correlation that could be wrong. So I apologize if it is, but, um, there is a correlation between foster youth and homelessness for sure. And that's what they were talking about. So their mission is to hire support and encourage the foster youth, um, through their cafes. So I love it. Not only is the coffee delicious. Oh my gosh. If you are local, they have the most amazing vegan truffle avocado toast, I've ever had. I get it way too many days a week. It's really when good I go there. Um, but yeah, I love it. They have one in Santa Monica by us. And so when I, I go there quite often, but yeah, they have them in Texas and I think maybe in some other States too, but I love the mission and yeah, I love coffee. And we so- often do, um, <laughs> we'll even often do like little work dates there too when yeah. we want to meet because it's in the, in between us. So it's like a yeah. nice spot for me and Erica to meet and, I echo everything she's saying about it. It's really delicious. And their toasts are really good too. And it's a fun environment. Like it's so cute. And, um, it's like, it's also so pandemic friendly. If you are still like, if you have high risk family or you are high risk yourself, what's so great about it is it's like they have floor to ceiling windows. So even when you're inside, you're kind of outside, which is so great for California. And, um, we're so lucky here. Um, but yeah, it's just a really great vibe. So if you're local, you should definitely check it out or make the track to Santa Monica. If you live away from Santa Monica, but, um, yeah. And if you see us there, come say hi. Cause, um, I'm often there, but Allie and I are often there together when we do meet up for lunch or different things. So, yeah, that's my update. Yeah. What about you, Allie? Do you have anything else to share? I know you love the beauty nectar lattes. I too, do so much. I do. I'm a big fan. And you know, Amrit Sana always does these morning elixirs. I think they're kind of like, well, uniquely hers in the way that she does it on her own content on um, her social media. And I love the way she films it. And it always, you know, is like clearly a, a part of her ritual. And if everybody, you know, who listens to this this show knows how much of a coffee lover I am. Um, and it's something that's like, 
you know, part of my morning. Um, it's nice to take the time to make it a little bit more um, thoughtful or a little bit more of a ritual. And so doing something like the, adding the beauty nectar to it um, definitely gives it that component. And rather than just shoveling caffeine down your mouth, which I've been known to do too, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, so that, and, um, I, yeah, I just love that. We're like, this is like a coffee episode. Um, <laughs> but and you then, know, I, I have really realized too, like, because I do struggle with anxiety when I yeah. use like, like a beauty nectar or something yes. like a superfood with the caffeine, it, balances in my body a lot more. And again, we don't actually, it's funny, this episode, we talk about the beauty nectar all the way at the end. So this episode is, is really not about, about it, <laughs> not about it at all, but, um, clearly we are obsessed with it and we're, we are, we love coffee. We both really do. You're a New Yorker. Yeah. So I feel like that's like in your blood. That's the thing. It's like, and even when I was doing decaf for a while, cause it was like better for what I needed in the moment and for my hormone balance. Um, a, it just wasn't the same. I'm going to be honest, but I did it. <laughs> you know, it, it at least hits the spot for like the ritual aspect of it and the smell and that kind of stuff. And I realized that's like in my, in my New York, you know, constitution, if nothing else. So anyway, we have an incredible conversation with Amrit Sadna today. So why don't we get to her formal intro and get on with it so you guys can all hear it. All right. So. Today on the podcast, we have Amrit Sadna, a return guest and one of our favorite women in the wellness space. She is a certified herbalist and licensed holistic health counselor specializing in shifting clients' relationships with anxiety. She received her license from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and her herbalism certification from the Herbal Academy. Her interest for a holistic life started at a young age, but her passion for helping others to heal through holistic practices wasn't sparked until her late 20s when she found herself on her own healing journey. Through her own experiences with trauma, she found herself being controlled by anxiety and fear. In her journey to transform that for herself, she discovered the power of plant medicine and how it has the ability to assist with physical ailments and turn on the healing within each of us to heal our bodies, minds, and spirits. Today, we talk about Amrit Sadna's personal and professional evolution the somatic aspect to her work and how we can change deep rooted patterns for ourselves. She also is the creator of a stunning and delicious elixir called beauty nectar. And we really encourage you all to try it. Clearly we've been gabbing about it this whole intro. We love it so much. It has become a favorite part of our morning routines. We also loved, loved, loved chatting for the second time on the show with Amrit Sadna, and we hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. But if you want to listen to her first episode on the show from a couple years back, where we also talk all about anxiety and um, her work as an anxiety coach as well, you can listen to that first episode and find it in our show notes. So yeah, thanks guys. I hope you enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, 
who farms their products and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How's that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp, and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. Whether you are a Patreon member in our nutrition community or a regular listener of the podcast, you know that Ali and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for months and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am now devoted to taking seed every morning before food and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic, is vegan and gluten-free, and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. In addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet, which is pretty important. Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community. If you would like to order C daily symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, 
Go to seed.com and use Courageous15 at checkout for 15% off. Or click on the link in our show notes or the link tree on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us again. We're so excited to see you talk to you. It's been such a treat to get to like, I feel like we've virtually known each other, even though we've only met once in person for years now, since we've last seen you, can you tell us a little bit about yeah, what you're, what you've been up to and your, and your journey over the last few years? Yeah, I know. We were just talking before we started recording about how it's been three years, which is wild to me. (laughs) Um, A lot has transpired in that amount of time. My business and my practice has completely transformed. I have gone through my own personal um, transformation and, and started a way deeper healing journey that also has really transformed the way that I work with clients and the way that I show up in my business. Um, So since we last spoke, COVID hit um, and my full-time job, the clinic I worked at shut down. And so I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to just go head first and fully put myself into my business. Um, And I started, uh, I went to herbalism school and became a licensed herbalist, which I'd been studying herbs and had a love for them for so long, but I was like, okay, it's time for me to actually like really dive into plant medicine and how it can be utilized in your own personal healing journey. Um, And I also really, really just dug in headfirst to my own, my own personal journey in a different way. And it's been it's, it's been fire and ice for the last two and a half, three years of in and out of the fire, really allowing myself to feel into who I am and how I want to show up for my clients and for myself. Um, and I also created my first product in that amount of time too, which is really exciting and I'm really, really proud of it and something I put a lot of love and intention into. So yeah, that's like a two and a half years. (laughs) In a nutshell, right? In in a nutshell. It's so, you know, I recently listened to our last episode together and you've always been such a wealth of (laughs) knowledge and information, right? On especially like anxiety and healing and dealing, um, with ourselves. And so you mentioned just now, right. You're you've gone through a healing journey in the last, um, couple of years since we last spoke. And, and I feel like everybody, I mean, everyone listening probably has gone through a transformational journey in the last three years. Um, but I love that you called it right. Like a healing journey. So can you talk to us a little bit about your healing journey and how, like what that's been like and how you were able to do it? Yeah, absolutely. I, first of all, want to set the stage of the way that I speak to and relate to healing anymore is no longer an expectation of healed because healed does not exist. And I know for some people, if you're listening, that might like send off some like alarms or triggers inside of you of like, oh, great. So then like, am I just doing this for the rest of my life? And the short answer is yes. And what I mean by that is first of all when you look at like oh once i'm healed from this or once i'm healed all of this like perfect life 
it sets way too high of an expectation for you to like reach this unreachable thing. And it also means you're no longer human. It means you're no longer going to have triggers. You're no longer going to have things that come up that are hard, that hook into a wound or hook into something. And that like, what's the point of the human experience if we're not constantly like learning and growing and healing? And so I really shifted my mindset around this idea of being healed and was like, okay, I'm on a healing journey and it's a lifetime commitment and I'm going to commit to myself to go as deep as I can each time that an opportunity presents itself so that I'm also not constantly healing and constantly working because we also have to enjoy the in-between. Um, and we have to enjoy the moments of growth that we actually experience. Um, and so a little background on me, I was diagnosed with CPTSD about five or six years ago now. Um, and then I was in a very abusive um, relationship and marriage that I left. And I, you know, started doing EMDR and seeing a therapist and really going to change my relationship with myself, my codependency, all of these unhealthy patterns that continuously started to show up in my life because I, I wasn't really like going underneath the surface of what I was seeing. Um, and also, I think it's important to say that right around the time COVID hit, um, the community slash, I'm going to use this word because it's the truth of what it is, cult that I grew up in, um, had a book come out that kind of revealed a lot of dark shadowy nature of the leader who's been passed away now for a decade. Um, but this woman finally came forward with her story. And after that, hundreds of women and kids have come forward with their stories of abuse um, and so that, even though I'd already started to step away and shift my relationship to religion and, and that community, um, that really kind of dropped a bomb in my life as well of like, wow, is any kind of spirituality that I grew up with really real anymore for me? And it's time for me to like unpack what my relationship is to spirituality um and what feels like lies and what feels like truth and um it's been it's been a lot <laughs> but i also that's where you know my name changed i was body bliss life before but that's where untamed herbalist came from because i i was living in a lot of boxes that either I'd put myself in or other people had put me in the being a, you know, a perfect yoga student and meditation practitioner and being a perfect daughter and being a perfect wife and like all of these things and the pressure was crushing. And so it was time for me to take myself outside of these confounds and allow myself to like become untamed like what who am i how do i want to show up how do i want to share my experiences um and so what i would say the the biggest pieces to my healing journey in the last couple years has been 
the accessibility to a really good therapist who specializes in my type of trauma. So she specializes in, um, you know, CPTSD and I was in a relationship with an addict. So she specializes in addiction and codependency and, um, and childhood sexual abuse. So all of these things were really important for me to have somebody who understood the capacity of that. So there was no shame story associated with it when I was going into my sessions. Um, and I started EMDR and I started doing um, emotional freedom technique. Um, I also became licensed in that, which is tapping. It's really powerful nervous system. Um, and in that journey with like working on changing my relationship to my trauma responses, I realized, wow, I'm missing a really big piece in how I'm um, supporting and holding space for my clients, which is nervous system support and vagus nerve support. Um, I don't think you can really change your relationship to anxiety without learning how to create a strong nervous system and teach yourself how to get back to baseline. And so I started really utilizing those things when I was feeling really triggered because what happens when you, um, specifically when you go into like CPTSD recovery or PTSD recovery is a lot of times your symptoms become worse before they come better, become better. And you feel the only way I can describe it is you feel like your body's on fire and it's like being ripped apart. And I know that seems so melodramatic, but I feel like anybody who's listening understands what I'm saying. Everything that felt normal and right isn't and so you have to push against your instincts constantly to go against that and it's so uncomfortable and so i started utilizing that in my daily of like how can i support my nervous system so that when i am triggered when i do disassociate when i do have episodes i can bring myself back and really really work on what it means for me to be in my body. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think, wow, it's a lot. I, I really appreciate you being um, so open because I think when we hear stories like your own, and I know that there are certain aspects that are quite unique to it, but there's also certain aspects that I think many people can deeply relate to. And so I appreciate you sharing um, you know, some that, that personal information that can feel vulnerable to share, but I also know that even just hearing you talk about it and how your own dive into it for yourself, um, and developing those skills for yourself and now helping other people with that as well. I think that's just, gosh, we need, we need so much of it in the world. And so I think it's also, it was weird. I was like, listening and I was getting excited by what you were sharing, even though it's difficult information for sure, but I'm excited that you're able to, um, also have a practice where you can also, um, encourage other people to do that for themselves, because it is really, you know, this connection between the nervous system and the way we exist in the world and how, um, to, to start, I think to face it for ourselves too, and is really hard work. But Erica says sometimes, you know, choosing our hard, it's also hard to be suffering in the way that 
we might be with the anxiety or might be with the old patterns and the old codependency and those triggers. That's also yeah. hard. And it's like, what having the courage choose your to heart. choose your heart yeah. <laughs> is really, um, it's exciting to hear about people yeah. choosing the heart that serves them, which is yeah. just cool. Yeah. And I also want to add two components that I missed. Um, inner child work and shadow work has been two of the most pivotal pieces and and ultimately the nervous system like you have like a yes there's like an inner child but your nervous system is your inner child because yeah. a lot of times what happens with specifically with um trauma or painful memories is when something it doesn't mean that something's happening that's bad but something is happening energetically or a sound or a smell that's reminding your nervous system of a time when it was in distress and mm -hmm. so you flash back to that and it actually thinks it's happening again yeah. and so you generally with your nervous system will kind of continuously shoot back to a specific age yeah, yeah. i can yeah i yeah I mean, all of it. And even the way you described, like, I, I definitely have struggled with codependency and I feel like I've, I've been healing from that. And, um, I think I described it to Allie as like, mm -hmm. it, it does feel like you're dying. So the way you, it's like a, because you exactly as you express, it's like, you have to go against every natural instinct you have. And it feels like awful. <laughs> it just feels like you, you're like, you're literally dying to serve your future self. And it's, um, and I think, you know, what's amazing too, is like, you're such a high functioning person, right? Like you, you really are like, you've done so much and you've gone through so much trauma, but then you, you're also like a high functioning person. And I think sometimes there's so many of us, and I'm sure some of our listeners and our friends where, um, when you think of PTSD or you think of CPTSD or trauma or all these things, you think of people who have trouble functioning, but I think a lot of us just, um, like we are functioning people, but we're not in our bodies or we're not living these full existences or we're repeating patterns that constantly don't serve us. And so I know you're so big with like tips and tools and you mentioned shadow work and chat like inner child work. So it's like, how, what can you share with us for anyone listening about like, especially those of us who are listening and, and we have this pain and we have these issues, but like, you know, we go to our job and we have relationships and we're existing. And it's almost like, it's like, it's, it, I don't know if secretive is the right word, but it's like maybe something like in the shadows, right? It's something in the shadows or it's something that comes out like for me, it's 12 years old. Like I literally have become my 12 year old self on a ball on the floor. And I'm, and like, my husband is looking at me like, who, what it like terrified, like, he's like, what is that? Like, I'm so worried about you, but it's there. It's just, it's in the shadows. Right. So I don't know. How do you, for anyone listening who is listening to this and is like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Or how do, how do I start? Where do I do this work? If you have accessibility to it, I would say, um, you know, finding a therapist or practitioner who um, who is seasoned in like inner child work and shadow work. Also, there are a lot of really beautiful 
um, like meditations, like inner child meditations are a really great way to dip your toe in. Um, there's actually one on my Instagram that's really like lovely. That's like a safe, like held way for you to kind of like introduce yourself to your inner child because a lot of people don't even know what that is or don't even know, like maybe they've heard the term, but they don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you have a disconnected or dysfunctional or not a relationship with your inner child and there is pain or trauma present um, is a lot of the times the inner child is running the show. So when I'm, when I have like, not even like a trauma response, but like a moment where I'm feeling a little anxious or a little thrown off, I'll be like, okay, like what age am I feeling right now? And it's not, you can't intellectualize it. It'll like come to you. And, um, and so it's kind of like what I like to do. And it's along with you know, another really, really big piece to shifting your relationship with your anxiety is allowing yourself to fully feel the capacity of your emotions. Because a lot of the time, anxiety, just like anything else that your body is telling you, it is a messenger. But a lot of times people are like, it's a messenger that something's wrong. Like they think it's a panic messenger. And really all it is, is a messenger that something is a little out of alignment and just needs your attention within your body or you're not in your body and you need to be re you need to get regrounded. And so the first thing I do if um, like with a client or with myself is like when I'm noticing there's something going on inside of me that's feeling off, I do, you know, three deep inhales through my nose, exhale through my mouth and on that third exhale, I visualize roots growing from underneath me into the earth to help ground me in. If I'm super ungrounded, I'll lie down on my back on the floor. I will grab an ice pack and put it on my vagus nerve, which is on your chest. And I really like breathe in and focus on the cool on my chest. You can also like weighted blankets are great. Um, and then I check in with like, what's going on? Like, okay, like find my, like for me, it's like a, a three or four year old that I oftentimes is running the show. And I close my eyes and I connect with her and I, I, you know, I see where she's at and I say, I understand you're feeling really big emotions right now and it can be really, really confusing, but I want you to know that like nobody's ever going to hurt you again that you are safe, that I've got you now, and that I can take care of anything that we feel so that you don't have to carry the weight of the capacity of it anymore. You get to be a little girl. You get to dance and you get to play and you get to express your emotions. And if you need to thrash around for a little bit and have a fit, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna breathe through it and I'm gonna allow you to do that. And when you're done, I'm gonna hold you and tell you that I still love you and you still are enough and you still need to just show up exactly as you are because you are perfect. And so it's really about reparenting yourself because so many of us, I know in general, lots of people, but millennials just like, we didn't get the parents we needed. And so now we get to show up and become the parent that we wanted and that we needed to that beautiful inner child. And for me, honestly, before, probably about two years ago, I couldn't look at her. She was a reminder of so much pain and violence. And 
I couldn't look at her. And now I'm so madly in love with her and I will do anything to ferociously protect her. And that is like, that's like, now I'm looking back, you know, when, when you're healing sometimes, it's really hard to feel like you've made forward motion. It feels like two steps forward and three steps back. But then it's in those moments where you're like, oh, it only took me five minutes to get my nervous system back to baseline, to get my breath back to being able to control itself, to get my inner child to like calm down. And even though you might still have some like remnants of little like butterfly feelings or anxiety, like for the most part, you bring yourself back down. And that's the ultimate goal is not that you don't experience anxiety. It's that when you do, how quickly can you bring yourself back to a grounded and connected state? And by doing things to support your vagus nerve and your nervous system daily or regularly, it's like flexing a muscle. You're gonna be able to bring yourself back uh, at, a, at a quicker rate. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Something that you mentioned a little bit earlier, but I've been thinking about, because I've had this conversation with friends before. Actually, I had a conversation initially with some friends in um, our Buddhist community, but I think that when people specifically experience trauma around their own initial um, introduction to spirituality, whether that's in an organized religion, which we know there are many, that there's a lot of trauma. My family has experienced that too. And historically, you know, everybody knows like all the, the church trauma, um, out there, but when especially children experience that, um, from a young age in something that's connected to their first sort of uh, education, whatever their background is to a spiritual connection. It's such a deep, deep, um, not that there's like, I don't want to sound that there's like, yeah, there are worse traumas than others, but this one's a, a particularly deep one because it spirituality is the way, at least I look at it is what we use to connect to ourselves. Yeah. And when that is one of the first sort of things that is cut. There's also this, um, I think oftentimes a negative association with any kind of spirituality because there's so much trauma around it mm -hmm. and understanding, like doing the work to understand that there's nothing that can keep you from your sense of connection to yourself. Um, Actually, it's funny you're untamed, but I remember also reading in the book untamed, um, from Glennon Doyle, she's talking about her wife's, um, sort of own connection to this idea of God. And she's like, I, I, I might butcher it, but this idea of that, like she stopped her entire religious practice because God and the church turned on her and she reframed it. And she's like, no, no the church turned on you. You took God with you. This idea of like, that was never not yours, your sense of self. And so I think like the root of a lot of what you're talking about too, and then how it applies now on our in our daily lives as adults as, and, and dealing with anxiety, those types of things. Um, it's this idea of being able to feel safe connecting to ourself when that was something that a lot of people have early trauma around. 
Um, so I just think that, and that, and yes, that also has to do with our physical health. It's also like you, you say, now you have this more sort of holistic approach to it. And I want to go into herbs and talk about how you use that as well, but that our bodies are so deeply intelligent and understand, um, when we are disconnected or if our kind of, if we've, from a survival standpoint, had to go into a disconnected state from ourselves and doing the work to come back to that. And it probably looks different for everybody, but developing tools around that and sharing that, I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's really empowering. And, and that it leads me actually to a question too, about just what about for those who disassociate or have detached, right. But again, are still like, right. Like I almost feel like it's so fortunate to be aware, right. Of patterns or aware of pain or be like, oh, like that's that 12 year old girl or that three-year-old. What about anybody listening or anybody out there who is dealing with somebody where it's like, they know something's off, but their coping mechanism is detaching or disassociate. And I've even seen, it's a viral TikTok that goes around, right. Where it's like someone's in therapy and they're so high functioning. And then it's like, you're not, you're supposed to feel your feelings, not intellectualize your feelings. And even me, I relate to that because, um, that was the first time when I saw that TikTok, but I was like, I I've done so much work. And it hit me in the face where I was like, am I still intellectualizing my feelings? So how do you get into your feelings and into your body if that's not what has like kept you alive or doesn't feel so safe? Now we're cooking. This is the stuff that really excites me. So I want to like speak real quick that, so from part of my journey, that's so interesting is that the, um, cult community religion that I got involved in, I was about eight when when my mom started really getting involved. Um, and then I just dove head first. I wasn't really like, my siblings were raised with like born again Christianity, but I'm 10 years, eight years and five years younger than my older three siblings. And so um, at about eight, nine, my mom started getting involved in Kundalini yoga community. And um, I like took to it like a fished water, which now in my recovery, I learned that throwing yourself headfirst into a religion is actually a coping mechanism for children of um, survivors of childhood sexual abuse. Um, and I, th- I threw myself headfirst that turban like I was like, OK, this is this is who I am now. And the toxic part of that spirituality is that that community, you know, very much, oh, you're you're suffering, you're not meditating enough. Oh, you're dealing with mental illness, you're not meditating enough. Oh, you're not doing enough seva, you're not sacrificing yourself enough. Oh, you're a woman, really you're here to actually just like hold space for men to be men. And if if your boyfriend, your husband, your partner, is um, unhappy, it's because you're not praying for him enough. You're not meditating for him enough. And I, I really embodied that. And I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a part of why I stayed in my marriage as long as I did, because to what I saw my parents 
marriage as one that and then two it was uh, narrated that marriage was the highest form of yoga and if it's hard you're burning away karma and if it's abusive it means um that you're that that's like a good like a good like you just have to work through it and it kept me there for a really long time and so what you were saying of like spiritual abuse they do say is next to sexual abuse the hardest on your psyche because it's attacking your spirit which is like your core your core stuff and so i heard you know trigger warning but i heard narratives of like um oh you must have contracted your your sexual abuse before you came into this lifetime and this is your karma and like all this stuff and so i really embodied that and i really took it on as like oh i must have done something at some point to deserve this and i thought that i was healing for all those years from age nine or ten to thirty under this guise of spirituality and being you know the perfect Sikh and the perfect yoga student and the wearing the turban every day and the vegetarian diet and no drinking and no drugs and just really throwing myself into something. And it was just a form of control because I had no control and I needed somebody to tell me what to do. And looking back, that girl was really, excuse the F-bomb, but really fucking smart because that is part of what got me through but it also caused a lot of damage and a lot of trauma came along with it and so i wasn't ever feeling my feelings <laughs> i was meditating them away i was you know cold showering them away i was um you know seva's like sacred service like i was savaing them away and so what I've learned in the last couple of years is we are, people confuse this, but we are actually bottom up animals. People think we're mind body, but we're actually body mind. And we're the only animal in the world outside of like domesticated pets that stop ourselves from fully feeling our emotions to their extent. So if you ever watch a video of like, a deer that's chased by like a mountain lion and it gets away from the mountain lion it survives it goes off into private and it shakes its whole body and it shakes and shakes and shakes until it has shaked shook the trauma off and then it continues off with its day it like re is it's recalibrating its nervous system and so the way that i have learned and to feel to allow myself to at least feel some capacity of my emotions without without just like pushing them down is when you notice that you're feeling something you first of all call attention to it like okay i'm feeling it and then i i close my eyes and i find where it's at in my body because it lives somewhere and it's gonna be different for everybody but a lot of the times most of the time i'm feeling it like between my navel and my chest i'm like okay it's in my chest 
take a deep breath. Okay, give it a physical sensation. So, okay, it's burning, it's cold, it's restrictive, it's expansive, it feels like knives, like whatever that might be, give that physical experience a a title or a name and then I just feel it and I breathe into it. Sometimes when you breathe into it, it gets more intense for a moment. Sometimes it, after a few moments, it decreases and sometimes it just stays the same. But every time your mind tries to pop in and be like, but why are we feeling this way? And we need to like figure out, we need to like blah, 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 blah. You just bring it back down to like, it's a pain in my chest and you breathe into it. And even if you don't like fully feel the capacity of your full emotion, at least you're exercising that ability to call attention to the fact that you're feeling something because emotions are physical sensations. You don't feel something like if you just bring joy into your body, like you're going to feel you're going to feel that physical sensation of joy. Right. Whereas if you call attention to like sadness, you're going to feel that physical sensation of sadness. The mind is what attaches like the word to it, but your body doesn't need a word to know what it's feeling. And so that is a huge part, I think, to the process is. I read a quote that said, um, healing trauma is allowing yourself to feel what you felt in the moment that you couldn't feel in the moment. And so you're kind of reliving it, but you're also just actually allowing yourself to really experience how what happened made you feel. Um, and feeling your feelings will be the biggest pivot in your life to changing your relationship to how you relate to yourself in the world because how often do we you know something pisses us off or something like really hurts us and we go i shouldn't feel this i don't want to feel this i'm gonna like try and shift it as soon as possible but the reality is you can't shift it unless you feel it. So if you're not feeling your feelings, then they're just getting stuck and living in your bodies and your tissues. And so that is bringing the element of plant medicine into the conversation. This episode is brought to you by BASE. Ever wanted to figure out why you are feeling sluggish or bloated or what's really up with your stress levels or why you never feel truly rested with base at home blood work kits, a simple finger prick or saliva sample makes it easy to find out the answers to common health concerns. Whether you know which tests you want to get started with, or you need some guidance, BASE's proprietary assessment quiz makes it easy to begin your health journey empowered with an understanding of your own body. Members can measure, understand, and improve their health levels related to the five most common areas of health concerns, diet, stress, energy, sleep, and sex drive. The result of your hormone, vitamin, or nutrient tests are delivered to you through BASE's app and come with personalized recommendations, including lifestyle changes, supplement suggestions, and more. We both had the opportunity to try BASE and we love having the information at our fingertips and really recommend it as a resource. You know, we are huge proponents of advocating for your own health and BASE gives you a baseline information about yourself just to make it easier. 
Pricing starts at $59.95 per month or quarterly, or you can start with Base Complete, which are eight tests up front for $450. We are happy to be able to offer our listeners 20% off with the code CWPODCAST. To get started, take the base quiz, which will give you a recommendation for a personalized testing plan. Visit get-base.com slash CWpodcast to receive 20% off with code CWpodcast at checkout. You can also find the direct link to the quiz in our show notes. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. I have been using their baking soda free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to a clean aluminum free deodorant, I tried so many different brands and each and every time I was plagued with red itchy bumps under my arms on top of feeling not confident at all that I did not smell. Milk and honey not only never once gave me those pesky red bumps, but also passed the smell test, even after an intense spin and hit class. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. And for our local to Los Angeles listeners, Milk and Honey has the most amazing spa that just opened in Brentwood in West LA after being the go-to spa with multiple locations in Texas for so long. They offer facials, body treatments, massages, and so much more at their beautiful new space. I recently had a massage at the Brentwood location and it was a lovely experience. We are so happy that Milk and Honey Spas are now in LA. And of course, their online boutique is just the best if you aren't local. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand, and in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. Their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. I have been fairly connected to plants like my whole life, but something happened a few years ago. It actually might have started shifting like the first time I um, did mushrooms. Um, Super powerful experience. Um, I had been feeling them like, this is gonna sound weird to some people, but speak to me for a while. And I'd done research on like the effects that psilocybin have on like expanding the mind and and trauma. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna have this experience. And it was so scary for me because I grew up like (laughs) anti-drugs. And I really realized like, first of all, yes, of course you can associate to psilocybin and mushrooms as a drug, but they are a plant medicine and they wanna help us heal. Plants want to help you heal. And so 
the way I um, associate with them is they they themselves have healing powers and not powers, but he healing potential and healing properties. But what they do so beautifully is help you turn on the healing within yourself so you can become the healer. And yeah, I, yeah, no, I was just going to say, Erica and I, a couple times recently, we both recently watched Fantastic Bungie. And if anybody hasn't watched it yet, you haven't? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and it's like, it's a super easy watch too. Like it's really for like anybody, you know what I mean? Anybody, kids, grandparents, like, and it's phenomenal in the sense of it just really like expands your mind to the, um, the mycelium kingdom on this planet. Amazing. Yeah. And, and yes, some um, mushrooms are psychedelic, but then, and have, and they talk about the therapeutic um, you know, aspects of it and the research that's finally being done in the last 20 years too, because it wasn't funded at a certain point and how powerful they are. And on top of that, also, there's so many, like from an immune system point of view and like just health in general, yeah. and, you know, they will be mycelium will be, have been around way before humans and will be around way after human life. And just, um, it's just a beautiful, almost a fun watch. So that's, that's like, I know I just haven't watched it. Mycelium is the reason we exist. It's the reason yeah. the world exists. We, it's interesting because, um, they're not like mushrooms aren't a vegetable. They're not, they're like their own little magical. Their own thing. Yeah. yeah. And like, for example, reishi, all herbs have the physical components of like the clinical clinical studies of like what they've done. And, and, you know, that's an argument. A lot of people of like, oh, there's not like science. No, there's there like herbalism is ancient. Like these, these things that these herbs do have been around some of them for thousands of years. And, um, you know, unfortunately, what pharmacology has done is it isolates one component of an herb and then turns it into a pharmaceutical. And that's not, it's beautiful that that is like what they've been able to do. And also, you're not supposed to isolate. Like these herbs are supposed to be taken in in their whole form as they are. And so like reishi is known as queen of the plants, like the king healer, like it's it's one of these really powerful functional mushrooms that also really helps the body feel grounded. Like to me, reishi provides like that mother energy. And, um, it's profoundly amazing for your immune system. It's one of the highest anti-cancer foods in the world. Um, it's incredible uh, for nervous system support, anxiety, depression, mood, all of that. And then spiritually, it is there to guide you. I am. Um, oh my God, I'm obsessed with mushrooms. And actually, Ali and I have been talking about like one day, um, you know, when we can maybe doing psilocybin together or in a healthy atmosphere. I definitely want to do that, but my, I've been taking, um, 
mushroom herb supplements for my immune system for years. And, um, I love, yeah, I'm, I love mushrooms so much, but, (laughs) but a question that comes to mind as I'm listening is because I know the work you do now as the untamed herbalist, and you are using herbs to really help support your clients and others with herbs to help them with their anxiety and deal with these things that they're processing. But for anybody listening who maybe doesn't have access to like a coach or doesn't have access to work with, because I almost feel like sometimes herbs are really inaccessible, even though they shouldn't be like, it's so ancient and it's been around forever, but it's not like you can just walk into your local store and necessarily find them. Or if you can, for me, cause I have anxiety, I'm always anxious about sourcing, right? Like making sure I'm getting, um, herbs that aren't, you know, very expensive and packaged pretty, but maybe diluted, not in their purest form. Right. So, um, how can anyone listening who is interested in maybe adding reishi or ashwagandha or, or some other herbs, and I'd love to know what herbs you recommend people adding, but how do you even find a good source if you don't have the access to a coach or maybe yeah. live in a town that like LA or New York or Portland? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I would say, so when it comes to functional mushrooms, you want to find fruiting body. Um, there's a popular functional mushroom brand. I will not name any names, but they are, you know, grown on like oats in a greenhouse, which is like whatever, but like you're paying for oat dust and you're getting very minimal amounts of the mushrooms, which frustrates me because people really think they're doing something good for themselves and investing in that and they're not really actually getting the power of that plant medicine. Um, So some really trusted sources that I love and again bringing it back to like you do want to be careful you want to try and get organic or at least the ability to like um, view the testing because, you know, things like ashwagandha oftentimes will come out of India and India has a lot of problems with like heavy metals in the soil and pesticides and things like that. So, um, I would say my top favorite companies, um, Anima Mundi, she's an herbalist. She's incredible. She really does talk about, um, spirits like world associated with plants and like the spiritual components to them. All of her stuff is, I think, A, quite affordable and B, like, sourced really, really well. Root and Bones is another um, really amazing source. Um, You know, if you can find, like, a lot of times there will be, like, a little herbal shop in your town, like, and you just don't know what's there. Um, So going in that way um, and really just when you're starting off, kind of like even if you don't have any experience go with your intuition of like oh somebody mentioned reishi i'm gonna look that up and like see if that like resonates for me and i'm gonna try that out um mushrooms in from my studies and knowledge they really prefer to be like in powder or like a capsule form tinctures are fine but like they don't like that as much whereas like other herbs can work really well with tinctures um but for specifically for like nervous system support 
um, and anxiety and depression. Reishi is great. Ashwagandha can be life-changing, but there are some contraindications with it. Um, and if, if you've got too much heat, too much pitta in your system, it can actually do the opposite. Um, and there's some thyroid conditions where it can do the opposite. So that one I'm always like, um, I'm always having my clients do like an Ayurvedic dosha test before I'm recommending it. Um, Shadavari, which is one of the herbs in my in my product, is a really beautiful nervous system support that doesn't have the contraindications that ashwagandha has. Ashwagandha, it's kind of the female counterpart to ashwagandha. Ashwagandha kind of like gives you like a punch and this one's just like a little bit like slow burn. Um, Tulsi is a really great starter nervine. Um, it's very inexpensive. You can get it in tea form. You can get it in tincture form. Um, I mean, I could just like list off like, <laughs> you know, like for, for nervines, for nervous system support and for like calm, passion flower, lemon balm, skull cap, those are all a little bit like more sedating, but they're also like really, really powerful. Thank you so much. I know, like, I feel like we could talk forever Hours. and it was, it was so, it was such a pleasure to have you back. So, Hey, come back again next year, <laughs> but we'll talk to you before then. Um, but as we wrap up, we do always end, uh, with three questions. I don't know if we had this back, back in the day as you were one of our like original guests, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were, um, but so we'll, we'll ask you, uh, so the first one is what do some of your daily self-care practices look like? And do you have any non-negotiables in your day? I do. Um, so for me, making my functional latte every morning is like a practice of love. And I really, that's, that's honestly part of the intention behind Beauty Nectar, which is like my product of when you go to make your latte in the morning, like when you open the bag, noticing the beautiful color, taking in an inhale, it's it's rose, vanilla, and cardamom um, in there. So like just this really beautiful like wave of luxuriousness kind of like washes over your body, like noticing how you feel when you take your first sip. And I very much incorporate that into my morning of like, this is an intentional practice. I'm checking in with my body. What kind of herbs do I need? Um, journaling is an every single day non-negotiable for me even if it's just three things that i'm grateful for and three things that i'm struggling with um meditation is often whether it's a moving meditation or sitting um and doing more like traditional meditation moving my body whether i I'm, i do power lifting so <laughs> there's that but then also just like taking a walk um and also my biggest non-negotiable is every single morning checking in with where I'm at and and asking myself where would I like to be today and just honoring even if I can't get there like honoring that I'm in this space and I'm going to do what I can to try and get there but if it doesn't get me there that's okay yeah thank you and and before I go to the next question can you you mentioned just now your beauty nectar and it looks gorgeous and so tasty. And, um, 
And I love that. Like I, I want to do that intention every morning, but what, what is in your beauty nectar? What does it do for anyone listening? Who's like, Ooh, beauty nectar. Um, what does it do for us? And is it good for anybody or who, who should be using your beauty nectar? Tell us about it. Yeah. It's safe for all. So my intention behind it was I wanted a product that's going to make you feel beautiful from the inside out. And to me, feeling beautiful means fully embodied in my body, connected to myself, calm, grounded, and just radiating like self-love. And so I chose um, Shadavari because it is a really gentle, beautiful herb, but it has a really powerful effect and it is safe for everybody, including prenatal pregnant mamas and postnatal. It actually really helps in um, postnatal recovery and breast milk production. Um, and it is really powerful for um, female reproductive. It actually is beneficial for male reproductive, so it's not like a female or male, but it really helps to balance um, the female reproductive organs and provide them with the support that they need. And that to me, part of feeling beautiful is being also in touch with my divine feminine energy. And so I wanted that experience in the product. Um, I mean, I could list off all of the benefits of it, but it's also really powerful nervous system support. And then it has pearl powder in it, which pearl powder is, it's literally ground up pearls. Um, and it's a nervine, so it helps with nervous system support. And it's also got 32 trace minerals in it, um, which as we all know is very important for our overall health. And it's really, really high in collagen producing minerals. So it helps your body to produce collagen. And it's been used in Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine as a beauty tonic for centuries. Um, and um, both of those together, they just have a really like lovely energy. And then I did rose because I'm obsessed with rose. So there's actually like ground up rose, it's a rose powder. Um, and roses also um, hold the vibration of love and um, really high in bioavailable vitamin C, um, which also helps in biotin production, um, which is something that helps us to produce collagen. And then cardamom is just like my most favorite thing in the world. And um, it also is a spice that helps with anxiety and depression. It's a mood booster. It helps to balance pH levels in your body. It's a digestive um, aid. Um, and then vanilla, just because it's luxurious and warm. Um, and it's all in a blend of, it's all blended with a base of coconut milk powder. So it's this cooling, nourishing, just like really beautiful product. I mean, I don't know what else to say, but I'm in love with it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, we, so good. we can't yeah, wait to try it. <laughs> we are so excited. Um, by the time this episode airs, we will definitely have tried it. So I'm sure you yes, heard it. I will it. send our, it to you. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm sure I'm like future self. I'm sure you've heard it already in our intro. Us gushing about it. I yes. guarantee it. So, um, it's like, I'm talking to the future at the moment, but, um, yeah, it sounds amazing. And I love that you talked about the safety. Cause I know we didn't go into it, but I know with herbs, it's like, you have to be, if you do take medications and different things, you know, herbs can impact that. So it's good to know. Um, you know, and there's your no contraindications for this. Yeah. Great. And your Instagram is beautiful. I was going to say, if you're not already following, um, 
it's so beautiful. And you, you know, DM you with any specific medication questions if you have them, but, um, but yeah, something to, to be aware of and thank you for talking about that. And okay. So now on to our next question, which is our second wrap up question, but, um, had to go on that little detour because I was so curious. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to hear your answer to this because I actually think you are one of the most courageous people. So what does being courageous mean to you? Feeling your fear and doing it anyways. You're, you know, quadruple Scorpio over here. Some tears might come here. Um, but um, you're not going to, the fear is not going to go away. And a lot of times the fear is the sign that you're, you need to lean into it and, and just like move through it. Um, so you just have to do it scared and trust yourself and trust the divine or the universe and just know that ultimately it's going to be okay. Yeah. And the stuff that scares you is probably the stuff that you need to like address the most. Thank you. That's yeah. Spot on. I love hearing people's answers, but you know, it's resonates with me that one. And then, um, the third and final is, do you have any book recommendations? Um, it can be literally on anything, just something that's meant something to you. It can be on herbs. It can be on, it could be a novel, whatever. We just love to, um, provide, you know, recommendations for our listeners. What have I, what have I read recently? Honestly, the new codependency, it's got its ish, it's got its issues, but, um, I feel like it's a it's a better, more modern read than Codependency No More. That's a good one. I actually recently read Facing Love Addiction, which don't uh, don't let the name deter you. Uh, it, it's a it's kind of a different way to associate two attachment styles. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was really big for me. Um, and right now, just like a really fun, enjoyable laughter read. Um, I'm reading Issa Rae's, I think it's like The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl. Um, and it's so good. I can't put it down. Yeah, <laughs> and she's really like, funny. We need that. We need that light among yeah. that. Totally. Well, thank you so much again for joining us today. And I know you mentioned this, but if anybody wants to find you, follow you, work with you, where can they do that? Um, the untamed herbalist is my Instagram handle. Um, and then www.theuntamedherbalist.com. And, um, yeah, just reach out. Don't be shy. I'm like, my DMS are always open. My email box is always open. If you have any questions about how I work, um, there's a whole testimonials highlight on my, on my thing. And, and if you feel called and you're like, this might be the right work for me, ask me questions. I'm an open book. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.